Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ah, oh, sequels. Hollywood's answer to the difficult second album. They need to follow a number of simple rules if they want to be successful. You know, things like uh, character development or the exploration of new ideas, but one thing they all must do is actually be a sequel. A cinematic lore sadly lost on these projects, as despite being presented to us as continuations of beloved franchises and stories, had absolutely nothing to do with the films they shared a title with. My name is Adam Cleary, and these are 10 movies you wrongly thought were sequels. Number 10, Cruel Intentions 2. I just want to start here because A, it's a good example of the rest of the list, but also B, I need to get back to suppressing its memory as quick as possible. Long story short, Cruel Intentions 2 is not Cruel Intentions 2, it's more accurately Cruel Intentions The Redo, but where Reese Witherspoon and Sarah Michelle Gellar's characters just neck on at the end. Originally envisioned as a prequel TV series to the hit film, production was cancelled not long into filming, and the solution was simply to stitch together the three completed episodes, package it as a motion picture, title it Cruel Intentions 2, and then, genuinely, just film some extra Rudy bits for the DVD release. And yes, everything I've just said is somehow true. It's notable for having Amy Adams in it, I guess has 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, but is not in any way, shape, or form a sequel. Number 9, 10 Cloverfield Lane. While this obviously isn't titled Cloverfield 2, it's still understandable that everybody expected it to be a follow-up to J.J. Abrams' monster movie. I mean, think about it, if back in 1974 Francis Ford Coppola had dropped 47 Godfather Boulevard on us, we'd probably have made the same assumption. But no, what we actually got was just John Goodman terrorising Mary Elizabeth Winstead, putting this poor sap in a barrel, and at the end, there's just some generic alien stuff. When reviewers finally got their hands on it and asked J.J. Abrams' mate what the hell, he revealed that it was in fact an anthology movie. Basically meaning that while they have absolutely nothing in common whatsoever, they inhabit the same universe, and besides, don't worry, when the God Particle comes out in a few years, all will be revealed. The God Particle ended up being the Cloverfield Paradox, revealed absolutely nothing, and unlike 10 Cloverfield Lane, wasn't even good in doing it. Number 8, The Limey. Considering that you actually see footage of Terrence Stamp from 1967's Poor Cow in Steven Soderbergh's The Limey, you'd be easily forgiven for presuming that the 1999 film was a follow-up to Ken Loach's directorial debut. That, of course, was not the case, even if it was the received wisdom at the time. The story here is actually incredibly boring. Soderbergh simply wanted some footage of Terrence Stamp while he looked like Terrence Stamp, and the guy's career has just been so varied, there aren't many films where he looks like Terrence Stamp. 
The story about how he got the footage is slightly more interesting though as he asked for the entire film to be released to him as he didn't know what bits he wanted to use. Warner Brothers said, uh, no, Soderbergh said, fine, but I'll never work for you again, and then somebody at the WB gazed into a crystal ball, saw all the ocean movies and Magic Mike, and bent to his will. Number 7, Home Alone 3. Can someone say cynical cash grab? Because I can. Home Alone 3 is less of a straight sequel to the wonderful Macaulay Culkin movies, and more of a completely different movie with one very basic similarity, the fact it's called Home Alone. The massive air quotes sequel managed to lose the two things that made the original good, namely the McAllister clan and the Wet Bandits, but it's the complete lack of any ties to the original film beyond the vague idea of home invasion and some funny traps that's the real crime here. And if that's all it takes to be a Home Alone movie, then who's to say the Saw movies aren't set in this universe, or the original Purge, or Funny Games, or anything. You can't just have plot similarities with none of the other connecting tissue and call something a sequel. There are too many lies in the world as it is. Number 6, The Bourne Legacy. Even with a different central protagonist played fantastically by Jeremy Renner, it has to be said, The Bourne Legacy still felt like a sequel. Given that, you know, the title was literally pulled from a genuine Jason Bourne book written by the original author, Eric Von Lusbader. Sure, there are links and a few similar characters, but Legacy was entirely its own thing. It introduced chemical augmentation to its whole super soldier thing, and its only real connection to Bourne was this whole vibe of shady government black ops. It's just an anthology movie, really, the same as 10 Cloverfield Lane is and it arguably would have done better with the critics and at the box office if it hadn't been lumbered with that Bourne branding. And that way it wouldn't have been compared to all the movies that had come before it, which, and I don't think I'm being unkind here, it was not as good as. Number 5, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. It should go without saying that Michael Myers is synonymous with the Halloween brand, hell he is the brand. Universal found this out the hard way though when they had the audacity to make a sequel without him. While he did put a 3 in the title and release it as part of the Halloween series, look there they are pretending they're friends, Season of the Witch had absolutely nada to do with the first two films. It's not even that the main draw character is gone either, the story has nothing to do with anything that's come before it. Almost as if, and yes I'm getting tired of saying this, it was another goddamn anthology movie. While this didn't kill the franchise outright, it did make the other two stone-cold classics look weaker by association. Like some sort of bizarre concept album released after two runaway hits. Two stabby, murderous runaway hits. Number 4, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. If it wasn't for the on-screen confirmation that the film is set in 1935, and thus before Raiders of the Lost Ark, you would be forgiven for thinking the second released Indiana Jones film was the second Indiana Jones film. After all, who would even want to make a prequel for a character that was only introduced three years ago? You get none of the soft reboot benefits that normally come with prequelization. Regardless though, it is definitely a prequel for some reason, and not the immediate follow-up the marketing tried to tell us it was going to be. And yeah, alright, that's not a massive deal on the face of it, but it does make the fact that in Raiders, Indy dismisses all magic as, and I quote, a lot of superstitious hocus pocus, a little bit weird, given he just not one year prior had a run-in with voodoo. Maybe it's just religious magic he doesn't go in for, or he forgot. Number 3, Troll 2. Somewhat infamously in the video game world, the version of Super Mario Bros. 2 that was released to the Western world was a different game entirely. They just threw random Mario characters in so that idiots like me and you would buy it. And the same trick was attempted by US distributors with the movie Goblins. 
Not at all confident in its ability to succeed on its own merit, they renamed it Troll 2 after the 1986 original. Why? Well, because that film made $5 million off a modest 700,000 budget. And while the title did trick many people into thinking it was a sequel, well, the film did not. The two stories have nothing in common, that title is a complete misnomer, and I mean, just use your eyes. They're clearly goblins, obviously. Number two, The Evil Dead 2. Now, there has been debate for years about the nature of this film. And when I say debate, I mean, of course, that some fans will come at you with a pitchfork if you say it's not a sequel. Sure, they'll say it retreads some of the same ground, but it's different enough, and you're not even my real dad. Plus, it opens with a recap, and why would you have a recap if something's not a sequel, and yeah, etc, etc, etc. Look, I hate to be the one to ruin everybody's fun here, but it is clearly a remake, and that whole recap at the start is to stop you watching the first film and getting confused. And the way to prove this is because the recap itself is littered with inconsistencies, meaning it probably didn't even happen. Where, where are my dead bodies around the cabin? And even if you're not interested in that dose of common sense, the similarities between the two movies are impossible to ignore. It's a remake. I'll just, I'll put that away. I'm going home. Oh, hang on, I've got one more. Number one, Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights. The moment someone even suggested making a sequel to Dirty Dancing, a full 20 years after the original should have also been the exact moment the conversation was killed dead. But it wasn't for some reason, and the studio brought out a belated follow-up in 2004. It stars Ramona Garay, Diego Luna, and is also, for some reason, just set in Cuba. To make matters more confusing, it's a full five years before the original film, and if you're thinking, oh good, prequel, no, it just steals the plot. Still not nonsensical enough for you? Well, here you go. Patrick Swayze makes a cameo as an unnamed dance teacher. That is a man who, in the chronology of Dirty Dancing, is about 19 years old, getting played by a dude in his 50s again for some reason. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.